Acorns automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalanced when the market fluctuates. Save for the future and invest with Acorns. Once the show is on demand, click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving. Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. everyone to weird west radio on rain man digital rain man digital's exclusive western show where we talk about the bizarre the weird and the normal if it's a western <laughs> we discuss it hello clint how are you uh, fantastic michael how are you good all right so today we're going to discuss various pieces of western news there's a lot of upcoming westerns some to get excited about and some to kind of shrug and wonder if that's going to end out being or end up being a good picture or if it's going to be a shit film. <laughs> Let's start with, in my opinion, the most exciting man. It, it's 2019 and it's so nice to have actual Westerns coming out to discuss. Yes. Because when we first started doing this and two, even what, four years ago, 2014, 2015, we didn't have nearly as much Western news to discuss. No, it's uh, awesome. And I feel like a lot of this has to do with the fact that, you know, we have the rise of the streaming services. So some of these feature films make their way to Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, or they're produced by them and they get a theatrical run, but whatever's going on, I'm happy that we are getting more Western pictures and the one to be excited for, in my opinion, is the newly announced Quentin Quentin Tarantino produced Western film crossover event Django Thoreau. Oh, yeah. And a part of me was hoping we would get this. You and I discussed and broke down and reviewed the comic book that I want to say came out about three years ago. Mm hmm. And we loved it. We we dug everything about it. It was written by Tarantino along with, I believe his name was Jared Carmichael. And it oozed Tarantino style, but also stayed true to the roots of Zorro as well. They took liberties because you're throwing in this larger than life spaghetti Western uh, exploitation type character. And you're putting him into a story that's about, you know, life, liberty and, and freedom. That's what Zorro represents for a lot of people, I want to say, especially with the movies, if you look at the root or the the uh, not the root, but the. Um, the inspiration behind Zorro had a lot to do with uh, with revolution, mm-hmm. you know, and change for so many people. And I feel like I felt like the the comic book handled the two different styles and, and meshed them together appropriately. And it worked. And I remember you and I sitting down talking about it and said and we said, hey. Dude, this could totally work as a script, as yeah. a movie. Well, you've got the storyboard all there in the book. Yeah, you do. And, and a part of me was like, eh, we're going to get one. But I didn't want to, you know, jinx it. And sure enough, four years later, we're getting an announcement that there will be an official adaptation. According to Yahoo News, uh, film director Tarantino 
will be working on a Django Unchained, the Mask of Zorro movie, and it is in the works. Awesome. They said, if you thought Avengers Endgame was the crossover event of the century, then think again. Uh, Tarantino released his Jamie Foxx-led exploitation movie in 2012. Has it been that long already since it Django? It sure doesn't seem like it. Wow. Did we just review it a couple years ago? I don't think we've ever no. reviewed it. I, no, we never reviewed it. Yeah, I don't think we've ever reviewed the actual movie. Huh. Uh, and two years later, he wrote the comic book. So 2014 is when the comic book came out, where the title hero Django encounters Diego de la Vega, a.k.a. Zorro. According to Collider, the filmmaker has enlisted Jared Carmichael of the Carmichael Show to pen a script based on the comic book series. Uh, the 2014 comic was released by Dynamite Entertainment and DC Comics and takes place several years after the movie where Django is still a bounty hunter with a bounty hunter still on his he- with a bounty still on his head and his wife, Broomhilda, to care for. Django is constantly on the road for work, but soon meets Zorro and becomes his bodyguard and helps him on a mission to free indigenous people from slavery. Though the comic was released by DC, and this is where the business side gets interesting, it seems more than likely that Sony, rather than Warner Brothers, will distribute the planned film. And I'm okay with that. Because let's be honest, Warner Brothers likes to fuck up a lot of franchise, specifically their comic book properties. So, th- thank you, Sony. <laughs> thank well, you. Weren't you saying that Warner Brothers tries to get their hand into a lot of it and and take stuff out? Or yeah, they metal just, in it. Yes, they do. Uh, they try to get involved way too much with their franchises. And yes, you got to have some quality control, but there has to be a point where you also allow the people that are in control of that property, the people you put in charge of that property, let them just do their thing. Mm. Let them tell their stories. I'm not saying you don't exercise some type of control over individual directors, but once you have that lead figure over that department, allow them to express their creative control over the individual directors and writers of each project that makes up the the bulk of let's say the DC movies for one. So I'm happy that this may be the case that Warner Brothers may not be involved in in the actual distribution because they they just they they do a lot of good things but they also fuck up a lot of the comic book properties. <laughs> Look at Jonah Hex. I mean Oof. just to just to point at a western film they've done an adaptation an adaptation Uh, and i don't want that if we're getting something like this a Django zorro film i want it to be handled with with care and also tarantino needs a little bit of freedom that this isn't the days of uh, the weinstein company anymore that allows him to have more creative freedom because they know what he's capable of doing uh, and uh, for the most part, all of Tarantino's projects have always been with Weinstein's and they understand him. He understands them. And because of the recent whole Me Too fiasco and the rape allegations against Harvey Weinstein, he no longer has that relationship. So having Warner Brothers be in complete control of that movie where they don't really have a relationship with Tarantino, I think would end up possibly hurting the creativity of this movie. Uh, So Sony, they have a relationship with Tarantino. They have, uh, I believe, distributed the last two films he's done along with Universal. So I think that's a good a good partnership there because they are also behind the filmmakers latest film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that should work out well. Now, things to expect from this movie. Number one, Jamie Foxx, right? He has to reprise a role. He's got to. Yeah. Otherwise, it's really not going to be. I mean, yeah, I'll watch it because it's a Western. But if he's not in it, I'll be a little I'll be a little bitch the next time we review it. (laughs) Yeah, there's got to be some consistency. I don't want I don't want I don't want there to be the idea that this a whole this is a whole new storyline. It would be nice to have somewhat of a sequel to to see where his character has turned uh, has uh, turned out. Over the last few years, what's he doing? What's he up to? Obviously, I don't want them to adapt the comic book completely. Otherwise, we already know the story. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to use it as a baseline and and go in a completely different direction. Um, but also, there's a Zorro film already in the works that's been in the works for the past, I want to say, two years over at Sony as well. And I'm wondering if they're going to use this movie to launch mm. a new Zorro franchise. 
rather than taking a risk with a new Zorro movie, which most Zorro films have always done pretty well at the box office. The, uh, the Antonio Banderas led films have done great. Uh, the previous films of the eighties and seventies and sixties and fifties have all been box office winners for the most part. So I don't think Zorro would suffer necessarily from the box office from box office failure, but we are in a new time where this is 2019, 2020, and it's really hard for non superhero films to be successful in the box office and yes, this is somewhat of a superhero film. Zorro is is a bit of a superhero. Uh, he Some of his roots do, in fact, come from comic books as well. So it'll be interesting to see this work. But if they use Django Zorro as a way to say, hey, this is the new Zorro, and then they continue to make spinoff films based on this character, then I'll be I'll be I'll be happy as shit because Zorro, some people may not think it's a Western, but it is a Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has similar archetypes, themes, uh, stylistic approaches, and I would definitely consider Zorro a Western. Now, the director of this upcoming Zorro movie uh, is Jonas Coron, and he plans for a Zorro movie uh, to be a new start to the Zorro franchise. And they already casted a an actor as well. Mozart in the Jungle's Gael Garcia Bernal is the individual cast as Zorro. He's a good actor. He has the look. He has the accent. He's a younger version of Antonio Banderas in a lot of ways. So I'm okay with that casting as well. So I'm hoping they mesh the two together. They they sideline this movie for a moment, allow Tarantino to do his thing, work on the script, shoot it. He's probably not going to direct it. He only is going to make one more movie, according to recent interviews. Tarantino, he's done after his 10th film. I doubt this will be his 10th film. He's probably just going to produce it and write it. Let him do his thing, then use this as a springboard to launch a new era of Zorro movies. Now, are you a big Zorro guy, Clint? Are you a big fan of the Zorro franchise? Uh, I I dig him. I, I'm not as... I'm more on the side of Django, of course, but I think... Like the Antonio Banderas films, my wife and I, we dig them. Uh, they're they were fun. I, it's not my genre. I don't know if you call. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a western, but it's not. It's because uh, it's Mexican, right? It's a Mexican western, and you're just like, fuck them. <laughs> don't try Let's, to bait me. You just lock them uh, in cages. No, no. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, no, I just think it's it's. I'm not really into this whole sword play all the time. Yeah, you don't like brown people? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. It's so stupid. Yeah. No, I I did like them. Um, you know, there was a few uh, that you mentioned earlier that I I haven't seen before. But uh, no, the Antero Banderas ones were good. But I'm more kind of the six-shooter uh, horseback riding type guy. Yeah. No, I feel so, you. But but you know when we reviewed that the uh comic, I think I I loved the whole thing. I loved the storyline and how everything was kind of flowing together and how they kind of became partners, you know? So I I'm really excited to see this, especially if they get someone uh like this new guy, I I can't pronounce his name, but for Zoro, I think is going to be great. But it really I think the best thing that they could do for at least us Django fans is mm-hmm. get Jamie Foxx in there and just have that continuity throughout that and then start from there. I think that has to happen. 100%. Use use the Django Zorro movie as a way to springboard the new Zorro franchise. And you have to have J- Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it just won't feel sincere to the last movie. And you just kind of shrug and wonder, okay, so we have a different actor cast and... And this isn't really Django. This isn't really continuing his storyline. Well, and he made it his. That's the that's that would be the problem, especially right. when you look at the comic. It looks like him. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you kind of got to I mean, yeah, we don't want the storyline, but boy, it should be nice to have the uh, characters look like the comic. I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they do have. In my opinion, a lot of expectations built on them or a lot of expectations to overcome, uh, at least within the audience when it comes to Zorro, uh, the uh, 2008, I'm sorry, the 1998 Mask of Zorro film directed by Martin Campbell was a huge hit with audiences. Um, it was a fantastic, I think, action adventure film. 
So whatever they do, there is a lot riding on this. You're dealing with a a major franchise player, a character that's pretty much been not a part of the mainstream for the last 14 years. And you have to be able to grab the new audiences. The last time Zorro was in the theater or was relevant was before any of the younger demo, that demo that you need to grab or even going to movies or even alive. Some of them, when you think about it, so they have to make a movie that's going to cross the demographics. It's going to appeal to the hardcore bleeding heart Zorro fans, as well as that young up and coming demo that will feed and give life to a franchise that will see the movie when they're 16 and go see the next one when they're 20. And then the next one when they're 23 and 24. So that's, they got some hurdles to overcome. And I think, again, one way to do that is by making sure that Tarantino Django Zora film is first, has to come out first. And it has to springboard into the next movie. I'm hoping Sony doesn't say, hey, you know what? Let's do separate movies. We're going to have a Django Zorro movie. And then we're going to cast another Zorro that's completely standalone and not connected. That would be awful. And I think yeah, ultimately I hate when they do that. Yeah, I think ultimately it would hurt both movies, in my opinion. So hopefully like, they don't do that. It's almost like the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Yes, for sure. That's a good comparison. All right, so let's talk about the Wild Bunch. Everything we know so far about Mel Gibson's Wild Bunch remake. I know there's a lot of people out there that was sighing when this news first came out. Uh, this is uh, directed by Bloody Sam Peckinpah. It is an iconic Western uh, movie that's beloved by so many Western enthusiasts, but not just Western enthusiasts. And this is the hurdle that Mel Gibson is going to be going up against. But film enthusiasts, this is one of those Western films that came out in 1969 that that captivated the world. Uh, and to this day, film critics love this movie, not just because of the Western vibes, but because it's an excellent picture. Sam Peckinpah is an amazing director. So when Mel Gibson was announced and attached to the remake, it did calm the waters because... A lot of Western enthusiasts, as well as film critics, like Mel Gibson. So that was a good pick. If you're going to remake this, you got to put somebody in who's known a for his talent. Number one, yeah. number two, known for his own violence. He's a director that <laughs> captures violence in a very uh, brutal way, and and not in an exploit an exploitive way, but in a way or in a manner that usually helps with the story, with the narrative and a a movie like wild bunch needs that type of director. And I couldn't be happy or knowing that Mel Gibson is the man behind the scenes, not just directing, but also working on the script. I mean, if you look at his period pieces, you're looking at the Patriot, you're looking at Braveheart, uh, passion of the Christ, even, I mean, when he does a period piece, whether fictional, whether whatever, but, he does a fantastic job embracing everything about it. Yeah. So when, you know, we talked about this, I think a while back about the wild bunch. And when his name was brought up, I was like, I'm okay with it. I mean, if it was anybody else, I might go, well, yeah, you know, I don't think they have a great idea of what period pieces should be. I mean, you can go back and look at the Patriot and go, I would love to see him do a Western. You could go back to Braveheart and see, I'd like to see him do a Western. Yeah. That's how good he does with his his uh, films. I agree. He's a good pick. He, you know, there's a lot of people, like I just said, Clint, there are people that, that groaned. And then they're like, oh. Mel Gibson, you and I are are those two people as well. We had the exact same reaction. That's what I know that we are doing the right show when <laughs> we share very similar thoughts to the listeners, our people, the people, the very people who listen to our show, because the reaction on Facebook and Twitter was very similar to how you and I reacted. Oh, no, don't remake it. Oh, Mel Gibson's doing it. OK. Yep. Carry on. Well, because like we were like we said on some other shows that. That's what Hollywood's doing now. They're just remaking everything. There's not an original idea. However, you know, then I I have to be hypocritical and say, you know, if you give it to the right person. (laughs) Yes. I, you almost get a free pass. 
Exactly. You know, I, I agree. You, you, you can't complain if if a remake is handed to the likes of, you know, a Mel Gibson or a Tarantino or a, you know, Lars Van Trier, some a director that, you know, can handle his shit on set and has the ability to make a fantastic movie. Right. If this was being directed by Brett Ratner or Brian Singer, you'd be like, oh, no, please <laughs> stop it immediately. I mean, I don't mind a remake and it's fun, say Magnificent Seven. It was fun, but it yeah. wasn't the Magnificent Seven. It was, I, I it agree. was, it was just a fun over the top. Let's, let's blow some shit up. Let's Sheer escapism. Yeah. And I'm okay with that, but I don't, it wasn't the Magnificent Seven. So when you get like a Mel Gibson into it, you know, he's going to try to stay uh, at least close to the original as he can, but still make it his own. And you'll probably love it. Yeah. It's in, it's in safe hands is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I, it is. And there's a few things that Mel Gibson said that made me feel even more so that it's in good hands because even Mel Gibson had said that when he first heard about this, he thought it was a bad idea. <laughs> well, there you go. And I can respect that because he didn't just say, yeah, I'll take it. I'll do it. Yeah, let's do it. No, he sure. thought about it. He's like, no, that's not a good idea. But he reportedly has said, I thought it was a bad idea at first. Why make the wild bunch again? Who would do that? I thought about it and I thought about it some more. And then I thought of a way into the story, a way to tell the story. So I've been sitting in a room with a writer and it's been a blast. So it started as a bad idea, but it's heading towards something that could be special. That's exciting. I, I like when a director doubts himself, doubts his ability to even remake a classic because it shows that there's an introspective there, a, a willingness to say, hey, I'm not God's gift to movies. I have some doubt because sometimes you got to have that ego and sometimes an ego can give us horrible movies. And when a director who's who who should have an ego is doubting his ability to remake this and saying it's a bad idea, that gives me hope that he's going to handle this very carefully. The fact that he said it was a bad idea shows I think us as an audience that he cares about the source material and he cares about the classic and that he's not looking to truly remake it. He's probably going to not really, this is probably being called a remake Clint, but this is probably not going to be a true remake. It's probably going to sure. be complete something completely different. Yeah. And I think one thing is when he says that, that it's a bad idea. That's when, you know, he's a fan of it. Yeah, exactly. So he's not going to try to spit on it and do his own take and, you know, sometimes he, it's good to spit on it sometimes. First. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of them things where we've seen many times in other films that someone takes over something and they just don't care what the fans think. Right. <laughs> tower. So when you have something like that. <laughs> Let's just call and, it shit tower. Shit tower. And when you have something like that and you have a director go, that's a bad idea. You know he's a fan of it because that's what we were thinking. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's not a good idea. I'm scared. And then you go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> You've got the right guy. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped. All right. Now, the cast. There has not been any confirmed cast yet of this Mel Gibson remake. However, there are rumored actors that are now attached to the movie that have not been officially announced yet, including Jamie Foxx, Michael Fassbender, and Peter, Din Peter Dinklage. All three actors I'm okay with. All three of them are great. I'm not sure what characters they're going to play, but I know each of them are good at doing what they're cast to do for the most part. Uh, Fox and Fassbender are no strangers to the Western genre uh, with the former having played the title character in, of course, Django Unchained, and later having starred in the curious revisionist piece Slow West, which we did cover that. Mm -hmm. Michael Fassbender was the lead in that. Uh, Dinklage, meanwhile, has been expanding his resume in the past couple of years as Game of Thrones has been wrapping up with roles in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Avengers Infinity War. Okay, now, theme is also known according to an interview Mel Gibson has explained the theme of the movie it's about last chances and guys 
with lives of accrued violence. Uh, this is in line with Sam Peckinpah's original, which was set in Texas in 1913 in the final days of the Wild West era. Uh, thematically, this lined up with the movie's 1969 release. Uh, also, it will maintain the original's historical setting. The original version of The Wild Bunch was set in the turn of the 20th century in the final days of the Old West. Previous attempts to remake the movie over the past couple of years have been scripts by David Ayer and Brian Hegelin. Uh, submitted to the studio while will smith and tony scott have also both been previously attached to the remake i Mm. will not watch this if will smith is in it i i i I dislike will smith i i feel like he's a likable character in interviews a likable person in, in interviews but i think his acting has uh leaves me with a lot of leaves me wanting at the end of every movie, I feel like he does a lot of roles that are very similar. I don't feel like he has a lot of range. He has the ability to do different things. Well, let's uh, all remember the wild, wild west and move on. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> uh, Gibson is writing the script with Brian Bagby. Uh, Mel Gibson is currently hammering out draft after draft of the script for the Wild Bunch remake with screenwriter named Brian Bagby. Bagby's only previous writing credit is a sci-fi movie called Lynx which he also directed and was released way back in 2000. So his big Hollywood break has been a long time coming. Wow. In addition to the wild bunch Bagby is writing a, a historical action drama about the 1997 military group of Sierra Leone called once a pilgrim for director, Paul Caddis. All right. There's no release date set. Unfortunately, with the original having been released in 1969, this year marks the film's 50th anniversary. So it would have made the perfect time to release a remake. After all, 2016 Star Trek Beyond marked the franchise's 50th anniversary, according to this article. Uh, And this year's release of Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood marks the 50th anniversary of the Manson murders. The story's historical setting. uh, There's a president here, says the writer of Screen Rant. Uh, The production is looking to begin this fall. Apparently, the remake is prepping for a production date this fall. If all goes according to plan, which is only about two or three months. Don't, don't. We just started somewhere here. From now. The fall is like, what, two or three months from now. And um, that, say, maybe 90 days to shoot, depending on the scope. Maybe it sits in editing for three or four months, depending on how heavy it is in terms of visual effects. We could see this next summer. That's a that'd strong be, possibility. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, also, it is said to follow the same plot as the original. Oh, well, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people hate when they see a remake is they kind of deviate from the original. And I think a lot of the uh, fans of the first one get bitter real quick. Oh, yeah. And I think if you do a remake with something like this, this Western masterpiece, because it is the Wild Bunch, I think you've got to be very careful and, and tread lightly on who you're going to upset and not throw your own spin on it. Yeah, too, I, too I agree. I agree. And I also disagree, I guess. Um, I feel like if you remake something... Uh, you need to add something new to it. Otherwise, why remake it? I don't need an update. Uh, n- nothing needs an update, in my opinion. If the movie was fantastically made in 1969, there's no reason to to make remake it verbatim. However, if you're going to do a remake, you want to stay true to the themes and possibly sure. even the overall plot. But I, as a fan of Wild Bunch, I want to go in and see something that feels like Wild Bunch, feels sincere to Wild Bunch, but has some twists and turns that I didn't see in the original. I, I agree least. with that. Yeah. I, I, what I was just trying to say is if you keep, if you keep what's at heart of the wild bunch. Exactly. And, and you even mentioned the plot. I think that keeps a lot of people on your side. If you're exactly. a director and writer of, of, of a remake. Agreed. 100%. Because that's, that was the backlash behind Magnificent Seven because I feel like with a cast like Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt and Ethan Hawke, did you really need to put Magnificent Seven on the title? Mm-mm. You could have had, you could have made that movie with any title on it 
you can ha- you could have played you know homage to the Magnificent Seven. Many Western films and and movies have continued to use that storyline, and they yeah. may alter it just a bit to fit that because. I mean, the Magnificent Seven storyline, it has become a, a bit of a, a template for movies in general. People that need help, a village, uh, some rogues, you know, nomads, drifters willing to come to your aid and, and save the day. This is something we see in a lot of movies. So in a lot of ways, uh, Akira Kurosawa's, you know, Seven Samurai and and the original Magnificent Seven, they've become the template for many of our Westerns. And revenge sagas or yeah. redemption sagas. So I, I honestly feel like this movie, Magnificent Seven, I should say, Magnificent Seven could have performed even better at the box office without even without calling itself a remake because it really didn't feel like a remake at all. Right. And I think one of the major problems with that whole movie, we didn't care about the the characters. Right. It just they they totally blew that in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, with with the Wild Bunch, if they kind of keep that same theme throughout the whole whole movie, uh, I think it'll be. I think oh, I'm excited anyway. It's a western coming <laughs> to the theater. So I like how you just gave up. You're like, I think I think you know what I'm gonna like it anyways. Yeah, Fuck I it. mean, I, I didn't say I was gonna like. It. I so I will go see it because oh, I think you, yeah, and that and that's gonna be my. <laughs> PSA moment again. It's a Western. <laughs> Go see it because we need to see more. And obviously they're listening. Yeah. All right. So let's take a quick break. And then when we get back, we'll jump into some more upcoming Westerns. We'll be right back. Don't y'all go nowhere. Weird West Radio. We'll be right back. Acorns, Acorns Core automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalanced when the market fluctuates. Save for the future and invest with Acorns. Once the show is on demand, click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving. Want more Weird West Radio? Get more Western discussions, plus some pulpy fun. Get more Weird West Radio every month with the Patreon Mike and Clint Do You Right tier. When you pledge just $4 or more a month, you will receive two to four additional broadcasts every single month. More movie discussions on the weird, strange, and traditional Westerns, including episodic breakdowns on the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. and the Wild Wild West. Also, for you Spaghetti Western fans, we've got a monthly specialty show dedicated specifically to the iconic film genre of the 60s and 70s. For more Western discussions plus some pulpy fun, go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. What are you looking at, nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Geek Out Saturday. But at the same time, then you wouldn't have this feeling that, okay, so Lucifer's just what? Sitting on his hands and knees? With King Shark. You're getting, I was getting, getting a, a shark, shark tattoo. tattoo. And, like, what I watched the nerd. episode after. the way it ended. I mean, you end it with Ray climbing the mountain, holding out the lightsaber to Luke. And Funny Luke that some out. of my favorite westerns are coming from the Euro countries. Mm. To this day, directors and writers are able to bring the heat in terms of American... Yeah, I mean, don't be wrong, Mad Max was really good, but they washed out a lot of it to kind of hide the special effects that they were doing. Yeah. And that's fine. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen for the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. 
Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Y'all listen to Weird Last Radio on Rain Man Digital. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Weird West Radio on Rain Man Digital. All right, so we were talking about all the upcoming Western films, and there's a lot. And there's a lot of films coming out, including one starring Russell Crowe. Oh. All right, yes. According to Cinemaholic.com, This is number nine most anticipated Western that's coming out between 2019 and 2020. And it's titled The True History of the Kelly Gang. Oh, yeah. Russell Crowe, George McKay and Nicholas Holt will be starring in the upcoming movie of uh, Memento Films International titled The True History of the Kelly Gang. Justin Curzel will be directing the film with Sean Grant handling the script. Never heard of any of them. Uh, The plot of the movie will center on the rise and fall of an Australian rebel who swears to wreak vengeance and havoc on the British Empire. I'm assuming they're going to go Western with it if they're considering this a Western. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, Australia is um, prime prime real estate for a lot of gritty Westerns. So it may not be a Western in the truest sense, but as long as you adhere to various themes and styles, uh, then I think we're, we're in, in good hands. All right. Number six on that list is far bright star. According to variety, Joaquin Phoenix will be returning to the Western world. Uh, this past year, he had starred in the sisters brothers and he is looking to put on a cowboy hat again <laughs> and is set to star the upcoming Western directed by talented the very talented Casey Affleck. I agree. Casey Affleck is amazing. Although the project was announced back in May of 2014, not much is known about the commencement of the principal photography at this point. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is busy with various projects, including the upcoming Joker film. Uh, but recently this movie is still has been mentioned as still potentially in the works. The plot of the movie takes place in 1916 and follows the story of a cavalryman leading a group of ragtag young men to hunt the Mexican revolutionary Pancho Villa. Oh, that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Number five on this upcoming list is Blood Meridian. Oof. Yeah. Blood Blood Meridian remake has gone through a lot of production troubles. I'm not a big fan of remakes, as we have just said, but we'll see. How this one goes down. James Franco at one point had been reported to be working on this one relentlessly trying to adapt this classic. The film was previously supposed to be directed by Tommy Lee Jones. And then at one point it was Martin Scorsese and then even Ridley Scott. So it seems like this movie might be in what they call developmental hell. According to Franco, he recently negotiated with Scott Rudin to produce the project with Franco shooting 20 minutes of test footage, but the film was dissolved due to issues concerning the film's rights. However, recently Franco said he's still confident about the film to start with his production soon. Russell Crowe, Ty Sheridan, and Vincent D'Onofrio are starring in the movie. That could, be in- that could be interesting, right? That's cool. Yeah. I mean... Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio, he's on a Western kick, isn't he? Yeah, he was in uh, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, and then... Um, the kid, 
which we haven't seen yet. Yep. Wait, is he in that? Yeah. I thought yeah. he was. Yeah, he is. Interesting. And James Franco, I, I don't think people give him enough credit. Uh, he still needs a lot more, you know, under his belt. But the dude understands movies and he is highly intelligent. He's not given enough credit for his uh, his film prowess. He's not the greatest actor in the world. He's pretty damn fucking good. But um, his behind the scenes work has has definitely impressed me uh, within the last five to ten years. So the official synopsis of this movie, according to IMDb, is Blood Meridian is a story of the kid and his escapades with the notorious Glatton gang, a rogue group of lawless men hunting for Indian scalps along the Texas-Mexico border in the late 1840s. Huh. All right, the next one, Clint, do, do, do any of these sound interesting to you so far? The one, uh, yeah. The one uh, we just talked about. <laughs> Sorry. Blood Meridian, yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. Because if they get those actors in there, I think that's going to be cool. I agree. Uh, the next one is Wraiths of the Broken Land. It's an upcoming Western, which will be directed by Ridley Scott. So that should be fucking good. Ridley Scott's a good director and is an adaptation of S. Craig Zoller's Western novel, Race of the Broken Land. Uh, Scott Freeze, Michael Schaefer, genre film, Simon Kimberg, Adida Sood, and Drew Goddard will be producing the film with Fox Distributing. And the movie will be distributing the movie worldwide. Drew Goddard will be writing the screenplay, which will center on the story of a father's attempt to rescue his two daughters forced into prostitution at a gentleman's club. Jesus. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, man. <laughs> Sounds pretty fucking dark. Yeah, I just... I was like, oh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, that synapse has escalated pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that's really getting, it's really in there. All right, no, this one, I, I held on to the end because this one could be fucking great. The Barbary Coast. Barbary Coast. All right, now wait till you hear this name. According to Deadline, Mel Gibson is directing the upcoming TV series which is an adaptation of Herbert Osbury's book, The Barbary Coast, about the birth of San Francisco. Uh, Mel Gibson is directing and co-writing the series, along with Kurt Russell and Kate Hudson. Goddamn, Kurt Russell. I, I'm loving this. Wow. And they're set to star in the upcoming Western executive producer as well. Entertainment One will be distributing the series worldwide. Uh, the series follows the story of the gold rush. In 1849, leading to the biggest influx of gold seekers, gamblers, thieves, harlots, politicians, and other parasites. Well, I'm excited for that one, too. Yeah, this one's good. Number one, Kurt Russell is is amazing. Number two, Mel Gibson is amazing. And number three, Kate Hudson needs a break because she's damn fucking good. And she hasn't had a chance uh, to actually perform since her heyday in the whole rom-com kick she had about, what, 10, 12 years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I think I was still dating my wife at the time, so I did have to go to them. Yeah, dude, she's... Listen, I, I'll go see any Kate Hudson film. She's a keeper. <laughs> She's a keeper. All right, there is one more that we missed. Shadow Country. Shadow Country is an upcoming TV movie, which is allegedly to air... Allegedly set to air on HBO. Oh, and I think we might have discussed this one on a previous show. David Melch, the creator of Deadwood, is supposed to be handling the show. I don't know if this is going to happen um, now, because as we know, the sad news about David Melch is he has recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's. And depending on how advanced it is, I can't imagine him being able to run a TV show. Sure. It is a TV movie. So that being the case, possibly he can, he has his wits still and control of his uh, motor reflexes, I guess. That's what it affects, right? Parkinson's. I forget. Yeah, My grandfather it was, died. It wasn't Alzheimer's, right? It was Parkinson's. Oh, maybe it was Alzheimer's. You're right. Either way. Either it, way. Either way, he won't be able to write or remember if he did it. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's so fucked up. But it's sad and true. David Melch is a genius, as we all know. Deadwood is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. The yes. movie was pretty fucking great. Uh, and when I heard this movie, I heard about this, I want to say six, seven months ago, I was ecstatic. I'm like, yes. Suddenly HBO's resurgence of HBO, or suddenly HBO's um, bringing back 
of Deadwood made a lot more sense. Like, oh, look at the relationship got repaired. David Melch is going to be working with them for a while. But then we had that news of Alzheimer's. And now suddenly I think this is a big question mark. Well, anything that he is attached to, it turns out pretty darn good, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's not a director anyways. So if he can manage to write it, I, I can only assume it's already written. So if it's already yep. written, then I think we're okay. We may be able to get this this picture. In fact, you know, during our Deadwood discussion, I mentioned that this might be his. I said that Deadwood, the movie might be his swan song, his way to say, sure, uh, you know, fare thee well, my good world. I'm going to go into retirement and obscurity. But maybe this will be maybe this will be his his swan song. I thought we may have mentioned it on an earlier yeah, I believe we update did. that he he was writing not Deadwood, but this. No, no, you're right. I oh, believe we I believe we did a few months back. So may, like you said, maybe it's already written and they just have to get their ducks in a row. Yeah. All right. So Rambo five. I know it's not technically a Western. The, the Rambo franchise. However, Rambo five keeps on putting out some marketing material exciting that looks like it's going to be a western in fact stallone i believe tweeted out on social media hey guys rambo 5 will be a western if my memory <laughs> serves me correct so if that's the case if stallone's actually saying hey this is a western then i'm hoping we get a western and not just because he has a fucking cowboy hat on and some boots right i'm talking and all the bells and whistles that comes when you're working within the Western genre. Am I right? Yep. So what are your expectations now for Rambo five? Cause you and I are already Rambo Giddy. fans to begin with. I think you and I would have seen Rambo five regardless, but now that this is being packaged as a Western, how excited are you on a, from a scale to one to 10? 10. I, one thing <laughs> I, I, we just, just discussed this off air a little bit. Uh, I'm a fan of it. I, I I'm a fan of the Rambo series. I love First Blood. I love the '80s machoism Rambo's that we had, and then I loved Rambo because we went full circle. We we made a complete circle, and we got home. The Vietnam vet got home, and I thought that was great. I actually thought we were done. I was like, he bookmarked it. We're good. He's gonna run the ranch. And then that trailer came out, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? They did such a great job. I mean, any Rambo trailer you see is is usually pretty fucking remarkable. And and this was not any – this was not a disappointment. I mean, he's doing the talk about death, and he's, you know, making his knife or sharpening his knife, and he's – the rain. I mean – Fucking A. It's going <laughs> to... Yeah, 10. I can tell. You can barely speak. <laughs> no, I'm excited. It's... I... Uh, but like you said, that they may... There might be even room for another one. According and... to reports, Stallone has stated that if Rambo 5 is a success at the box office, he will consider making a sixth and yeah. seventh Oh, so you didn't say Rambo seventh. movie. Yeah, seventh as well. At least that's what I heard. Um, there's some conflicting reports, but the last I heard, that's what he said. Six and seven. Now, if he does that, Clint, this is why I'm mm. okay with that, because I'm not really a fan of, hey, if this does well, we'll do another one. Because I don't mind stories that are written to continue, but if this was never written to continue, I would feel like it's close-ended, because that's the problem with Rambo 4. Rambo 4 was a fantastic vignette of his life, a way to remind us where he was at, who he is. And then at the end, they gave us that little happy ending. As you said, he went home. Finally, uh, he can finally be peace, you know, live in peace, right? Well, okay. Rambo five, we understand something can happen in 10 years. Maybe his past is catching up with him. If we are to believe the trailers, but if this movie wasn't written to continue on, and I'm not saying the classic to be continued, I'm just saying, if there isn't life behind this movie and it feels so complete that we could just end at five and that's fine, then I don't know if I want a six and seven. Now Stallone has made some backdoor ideas with embedded written into his story that are easily opened and we can get a six and seven that I'm okay with that. Especially if we're going the Western route, if we're going the Western route, 
Um, and he gives us a trilogy that's wrapped within Western vibes. I can get behind that. Sure. Um, I think the biggest problem with the Rambo franchise, even though I love these movies, is that each one is standalone and they don't really rely on the other, right. which is which is OK. I feel like it works. But if you want an ongoing franchise and you want those people to purchase tickets continually, if you're making them, you got to kind of have that continuation feel a continuation of stories. You got to have that for continuity, because with the other Rambo films, we don't have any other ongoing characters besides him so if they wrap this up in a little trilogy and they say hey this is the rambo we're going to send him off into the sunset and this is our western then i can get behind that but it has to be written in a very specific way so i can't definitively say that i want a rambo six or seven until i see this movie sure does that make sense i I will i will agree Yeah, but there is a lot riding on this. Stallone has pretty much had one hit after another since his comeback with the last Rambo. Rambo 4 is what really gave him his uh, his comeback success. Since then, he has done the uh, those action films. I forgot what they're called now with every single action star. Expendables. Oh, yeah. Uh, that paved the way for Expendables, which paved Creed. the way for yeah, the, the, the Rocky resurgence. So... It, there's a lot riding on this, especially for Stallone. The guy is a master genius behind when it comes to behind the scenes. He has managed to create a career for himself continually uh, for the last, what, 40 some years. So I have faith in this movie, but I'm hoping getting it back on track here, getting back on track and staying to theme. If you're going to market this as a Western, it better fucking be a Western. Yeah. I don't want him just wearing a hat and have and you have some boots on because that's not a Western. You got to have those themes. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, this concludes our update show this week on Weird West Radio. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you're just now tuning in because you caught us on Weird West Sunday on RM Channel 001, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Weird West Radio. I want to thank you, Clint, very, very much. Thank you, Michael, very, very much. And good night. Or said... He be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man? Yes, Your Honor, I do. You can go to hell, hell, hell. (laughs)